Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and as always, Mr. Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Now, Damien Duff turned down the Shelburne job while drinking some red wine on holiday in the south of France on Friday, but then had a change of heart and he is all go at Talca Park. Nathan, what do we make of this one and can we see it working? I make that uh, me and Damien Duff only have one thing in common and it's that we have our best moments of clarity when we're hung over. So that's a nice little... Uh, I have something in common with a professional footballer. I have yet to clarify yeah, that now. I can't approve that until I've actually seen that. <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, pure speculation on my behalf. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, Damien Duff is now as the manager today via uh, a press conference at 12 o'clock uh, with Shelbourne. Uh, he's first managerial role. Obviously, he has coaching roles with the likes of Sean McLaughlin, Celtic, uh, in the Republic of Ireland set up, and then you have a 17s role at Shells. I know, like last week, I, I was saying, I still stick to with that, you know, the experience factor for me. It was a strange name that I seen getting linked, you know, Damien Duff, uh, linked to the likes of Shelbourne, and for the reasons that Ian Morris left. Um, but look, we, we can't deny that, you know, having a name like Damien Duff associated with the league and, you know, doing a youth one and want to manage in the league, it, it's going to be positive, you know, when it's another young, youthful coach coming into the league that, by all accounts, is very, very successful. I think for me, a lot of people that are, you know, having one sticking point, it's the fact that if you look at Duff, even with some of them coaching roles I mentioned previous, like the role with Celtic and uh, the Republic of Ireland set up, he doesn't tend to hand around too long for one reason or another. I'm sure Luke Shells will be looking at him as a, a, a long-term option in the future now, especially with them. You, you heard them now, um, head of the Premier Division, their 2022 season, that they're going to return to full-time training. There's going to be a budget increase. So they want a bit of longevity to go with that as well. So that's the, that for me and the experience fact is the main question that I'd have to around Damien Duff uh, when he, in, in terms of talking about the Shell Bunge up. Yeah, and I suppose a lot of people said, Nathan, he left Shamrock Rovers, but he went to Celtic. It's hard to turn down Celtic. He did leave the Celtic job, but then again, that was because of family issues—not issues, commitments. Yeah, yeah. Really, like the the kids, the kids, and 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 the wife were missing him. So you kind of go, okay. But then the question does pop up: then, when well, you know, is he is he always going to stay, or is he always going to leave at his leisure? He has said that he he likes his own time. He likes to spend time with the kids. So. Is there a full focus? So I think the question is out there and I think it's a valid question and I think it's something that he probably wants to put to bed that, you know, he can do a job uh, and Shelbourne job was is probably too hard to turn down on the second occasion when he actually, he had a little think about it because where was he going? What was, as he said, what was the plan? And it's interesting to see now that he has decided to take this and I really hope that he, he really pushes on and follows through and shows what kind of a coach he's going to manager that he's going to be and, and show the qualities that he has. And he did say, uh, am I scared? Absolutely. Do I feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. But I've been preaching to the kids since day one, my own kids, under 15s at Rover, 17s at Shells, about showing personality, about showing courage, which they can lack at times. And he said that he lacked courage 
when he refused the job last Friday and that's why he had a little second thing as you said maybe after the, the, the couple of glasses of wine the next day on the hangover Nathan but it's going to be an interesting one to see and who will they bring in and what's their aim I suppose their aim next year Nathan has to be just to stay in the division yeah yeah of course yeah definitely you know you even you look at it they're going to be a budget increase and they're going to you know still attract good players I think at most sides at any side really that, that gets promoted from the uh, the fourth division regardless of you know you look at facilities or infrastructure or the backing of a club it's just to stay in the, in the season and then you move on then then you, you start progressing and making yourself a regular regular fixture uh, in the Premier Division and that has to be the, the aim for Shelbourne you know Shelbourne is such a massive side such a historic side as well when I talk about League of Ireland terms but yeah look it's, it's not enough stuff I'd, I'd like to see him succeed like I said another young manager in the league and um, one thing is very clear that you, know, you just threw a couple of quotes there from uh, the press conference earlier. He's, he's definitely going to be a character, isn't he? He's going to be interested to, to hear what, he's, what, he, what his point's going to be. And for me, it was nice to hear that clarity of why he initially toned down the role. Because I know he, he, he did say in the past, he didn't, he didn't knock League of Oil management. Though. He said it was something that he wasn't really too ambitious to go into. He was happy enough for doing that under 17 uh, at Shelbourne. And, League of Ireland management just something you never seen in his future but yeah to hear him come out and to clarify some things and, and to say that it was a lack of courage on his end uh, not a nice thing to hear you know you'd like to see that he, that he goes for, but it's good to see he's not just taking the League of Ireland role just for the sake of taking it that he, he's hard to see him being the right place by what he's saying yeah, well we will see how he approaches his job we'll see what I'm, I'm sure that everything he'll do will be in a 100% professional manner he'll do it with high standards again I suppose the question mark he he probably even has himself is the longevity and and is it he always seems like someone that if he wasn't too bothered he would just end it and that's it and I really hope that he can dig in and you know work through some of the hard times and everything that comes with football management because it's definitely not going to be uh, plain sailing so yeah let's let's see where it goes and it's exciting for the league and hopefully he does really really well but Nathan he's not the only one uh, Athlone and Longford are looking for a new man too Jeez, I tell you what, if it wasn't for all the managerial shop changes, we'd have no show at all this week, wouldn't we? Yeah, thank God. <laughs> like, gee, you know, we don't want to say, gee, thank, thankfully these people are leaving, like, you know, but <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of uh, shifting and, and change. And look, we started off with Paul Dillon, like you said, um, his short spell at Lone Town, surprisingly coming to an end. Uh, at Lone confirmed that Dillon has not opted, uh, opted not to stay on as the manager uh, for next season. His original agreement was to see out the last eight games of this season, but due to family and other war commitments, he just doesn't see staying on into the 2022 division season as a viable option. Nathan, uh, with Athlone, yeah. just on Athlone, they never seem to have that longevity with a manager, do they? they, they there always seems to be managers, and sometimes big name managers go in and, and they drop out fairly quickly. Why is that? What's that about? Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Especially the, the most recent with uh, Adrian Carpenter when, when he left. Now, for me, that was a, a very... Um, because, look, uh, are you, I'm sure at long fans would agree, it's been a somewhat underwhelming season for them, you know. there was. And, uh, this isn't me just trying to push out an agenda again that at long should have been getting to playoffs. I really think that the, the players that he brought in, the squad, the improvements that he made in the very earliest, he had enough there to, to make the playoffs. 
And to, to see the finish up, uh, finish up seven, didn't he? Think four points off the playoffs. It, was, it had to be extremely disappointing for them. And for me, the timing of when uh, Kirby got sacked, uh, he found himself in sort of a curious position then. You know, it could have went either way. And he really, if he kept that bit of unity together, he really could have pushed on and made the last gas attempt uh, at the playoffs. So we've seen it happen in the past, even if you go to a, a patchy run of form throughout the middle of the season. Those last five, six, seven games, if you can get a good one, uh, one of wins going, it can be absolutely vital your season and it can make and break. But uh, yeah, for Athlone, it's, it's the last thing you need, isn't it? Like you said, it's either trying to pull us some numbers here of managers, you know, it's, it's been absolutely ridiculous. If we're looking in the last, like since 2010, they've won two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen. Fittest that's the 15th manager since 2010. Like that's that's an astonishing number there, isn't yeah, it? Now, yeah. Some some of them there, you know, are had two roles. Like the likes of, of uh, the friends of the channel, LL, everybody, Collins, he's there twice. Um, but still, 15, 14, 15 managers in, 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 in a well, short space of time in terms of football, absolutely crazy to see. And, you know, it's, it's not difficult to see why they, they haven't been able to get themselves into the Premier Division, sustain themselves into the Premier Division for a number of years now with that inconsistency. And, Again, like we mentioned, about this most recent season and the squad that we had together, without that consistency on and off the field, it's going to be an extremely difficult thing to do. And it's, an, it's another blow to them. And I don't know, if you're looking, you know, I think I'm going to talk about another uh, second, like you said, Darren Doyle leaving Longford. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. But you look at a man like Ian Morris now. We talked about Ian last week out with Joff. Would the Athlone job do you think appeal to him or would he be looking elsewhere like the likes of Longford that he might get that little bit extra consistency at? It depends because he's going from Shelburne who are established in in the league. What, what I mean by established in the league is they have a, a higher pedigree than Athlone that they, they're they viewed as a, a Premier Division team even though they're in the First Division. Of course they got promoted I mean but you know they've been up and down recently but they've always been seen as a Premier Division side where Athlone aren't and you're looking why would you leave Shelbourne to go to Athlone now of course I mean money's one of the big things so if they, maybe that's, yeah. that, that would be something but uh, of course you don't know what sort of money Athlone have but just on a project you know you would think for all those managers to leave Athlone there's something not there there's something not right about what what project they have down there, what vision they have for the club. Because if there was, I'm sure that there would be a few of those managers who would have lasted a longer period. They just don't seem, I don't know, is it ambition? Like, I mean, they've got a fine uh, start to a stadium down there. It looks well. Um, yeah. I, th- I think they've, is it an Astro pitch they have there now? Yeah, from yeah. From the 4Gs yeah. or whatever like that. I don't, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't think it is actually a fair grasp. But, I just there's so they've got them kind of things right, but they've never got the off the field things right, and I'm just wondering, like, is there a vision there, or or is it just kind of throw in a manager, see what he does, get rid of him, or he legs it, and then we'll just get another manager, throw it, see who it is. Like, are they? Are, is there something where they can bring the players through and and make sure that they have, you know. Uh, youth development as the key to you know to their success or 
you know, even even the plan like will buy in all the best players. You know, they don't seem to have. I don't see the plan. I, I I've never seen the plan with Athlone. It just kind of seems to be a bit wishy washy. You know, bring in a big name manager maybe and see who we can bring along and maybe we'll get up one year and maybe we won't. And it's a shame to see, you know, you, you even look back as far as the 70s and 80s, it was an extremely well-worn and successful side. And like I said, the season now, it's, by all accounts, they wanted the only to stay on on, on the next season. But even at that, you know, how long would that would have lasted? It, it, that's the only speculation now, but... If they just got off that track record, it would have got out to the end of last season. It would have been a bleeding miracle. Do they uh, need to have? That one. Do they need to have a local, someone from the club, someone from the area to be running that team? Someone with a bit of passion and desire, and who's going to get really stuck in? And you know, his heart is is you know is worn sleeve, and he's going to make sure that that club is stepping forward. Because it sometimes to me it looks like. Again, managers go down there just to get a few quid and then they leave. And, you know, for me, if I'm manager or chairman of Athlone or on the committee down there, I'm thinking, we've got to get someone in here, one of our own, have a bit of passion, have a bit of, you know, want, uh, you know, do extra hours to be there all night and the day and all night. And I'm I'm not sure they've had that. Yeah, because the project down there as well, isn't it? <laughs> like you said, it's... Um yeah, like you, 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 the, the structure and the bare bones that there you mentioned about the, the stadium, you know, with season for what we have, um, the, the youth development needs needs to be better, and uh, just needs that needs a plan and structure. Uh, what was the thing? Jesus, David Whitten for a second. That was a name that I think thrown around like that. You, you actually it was nailing the head in what you were saying. A couple of Atlanta fans, um, Atlanta Town fans, were throwing now. Uh, one second, uh, Tony O'Sullivan. Sorry about that, Tony O'Sullivan was the name that, that they were throwing now. Uh, you know, he's been successful anywhere he went uh, in his managerial career, and he's also an Athlone native himself. So, yeah, that's, it seems to be a sentiment that's echoed by Athlone fans. Because just because you need that, you know, like, like that, that was the number there since 2010, embarrassing to look at. Uh, and you're never going to get anywhere, even when you look at the most recent season with players he bought in and the squad that he bought together and but it, it, it's not worth anything if you don't have a consistent manager that's willing to put the time and the effort and the love in and to, to get Athlone Town back into the Premier Division not only for a month off but to keep him there for a consistent one of seasons and you know to be some, a million miles off now but you know wasn't that long ago where they were successful with, with winning FAI Cups and things of that nature so it, it, it is a club of history and with the you see them the way they are now with this, this, this such a crazy turnover manager. It's, yeah, it's a shame to see, and maybe that could be a good way to go down. Is to get somebody in that has the, the love for the not only for the club but for the town and the people and the community uh, in the right place because this is what these, uh, especially these towns that only have, or these towns that have, or even counties that have only one club in them. It's, it has to be all community based, it has to be community developed, and has to, you know, really be the heart of Athlone. That club needs to be the heart of the Athlone town. And yeah, probably will be getting somebody in that's a native of there, uh, will be the best thing going forward. And what about Longford? Yeah, Longford, uh, moving on. Uh, Darrell Doyle, uh, Longford announced that he's departed by mutual consent. Uh, obviously, Derek came in and replaced Neil Stan in 2019 uh, when he's made interim manager but then I'm going into a, into a permanent role uh, got promoted by the playoffs in 2020 
And yeah, look, it's it's let's be honest, it's been disappointing for them this year. They're rock bottom, fourteen points, only two wins. But and this is a big, big book, a huge one. Looking at you know, obviously the victory reaction of long long for town fans or people have been in the club. It's been nothing short of a devastation. I haven't it's smart to say, isn't it? You know, the side that's been promoted for quite a while now, never made any sort of run in the Premier Division this season, while it has been very disappointing. Absolutely devastated to see the likes of Darryl Doyle go. And look, for me, very good coach when I've seen him. He play. Uh, he had long for playing. It, it, it's a nice brand of football, especially going forward. Um, but realistically, for me, he, he quickly overachieved when coming up to the, the, the Premier Division in 2020. He was... People will say he was lucky in some games this year. Andy Warren lucky lucky. Some of the, the amount of uh, late goals we can see, that, especially with Shamrock Rovers, I think it was three to four games he conceded late goals, you know, with these, some of these defeats could have been torn at the points and you never know how the, the momentum would have swayed. But as well, I think it'd be a cop-out to say they were unlucky. Like, you look at some of uh, the defensive mistakes, defensive frailties and the position and shape defensively for them has been a major problem for them this season. So yeah, look, well, David Doyle, good coach, uh, nice band of football. And he's another one, like we said about Ian Morris last week, you'd imagine he, he won't be a war for too long. Uh, I, was, yeah, I was very, very surprised to see the, uh, not only the outpouring of love, but the actual heartbreak from a lot of Longford Town fans seeing goals uh, um, when the announcement was made. Yeah. Um, who do you think could step in there? Who do you think they'd be looking at? That's why the Damien Duffin was so good because it's it's a fresh face. Do you think that the yeah. likes of, and we talked about Athlone, but uh, Longford and Athlone, do you think Longford would be looking for someone who is proven or a fresh face? Yeah, it's, um, it's strange, but again, for me, the mind goes straight to Ian Morris. And I think there is, it, like, just to bring that conversation back around for a second, if we are talking about Athlone or Longford, for me, if you're Ian Morris, Longford would probably be the more attractive option, wouldn't it? And even for Longford, bringing in Lyson Morris with his, uh, his, his such a good record in terms of promotion. He's been, been in the fourth division twice and he's been successful twice with Shelbourne getting promoted to the Premier Division. So, yeah, again, for me, the, the, it might be a simple cop answer, but it seems to be a nice little connection there that, that could be made. What about you? Was anybody that you, you could see uh, that, that they have a job at the moment that could be eyeing up that Longford position? Not particularly. I'm, I'm not sure what why Ian Morris has left is it with a view to go elsewhere or is it he thinks he's had you know maybe there's something outside of football I'm not sure so I'm not totally sure why again I think if you're a community like Longford if you're a community like Athlone I think you should be looking in the area I think you should be building coaches up in the area building coaches up in the area to maybe go on and manage your club building footballers up to maybe go on to play for your first team. So, as you said, those one-team towns or counties, they should be looking from within because I, I think that's where the passion would be, you know, get the people in who will do a really, really good job and are one of the natives and will have people backing them all the way. So, I don't know if they have anyone like that, but I do think that that's way uh, that they should plan. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not too sure. I do think that Longford... If they can keep that squad together, they have a great opportunity to go back up. And if they go back up, they will have the experience of not only winning a first division, but also being in the Premier Division 
and obviously they get relegated but to get back up again the second time around I think that they will be a better equipped outfit and of course you can build on that then you can get a few extra players in but those players will be the better for it so it'll be very interesting to see if they can push and go straight back up uh, on the first attempt okay so talking about the first division the playoffs are on tonight Nathan and uh, we have uh, Treaty against UCD and Bray versus Gobby of course it's the first leg and it's nearly Games are nearly over. UCD are 2-0 up against Treaty away and Bray and Galway are 0-0. Even at 2-0, Nathan, you know, this this game can't be seen as over. No, it's a big advantage uh, for UCD. Um, I think Treaty will be disappointed, especially playing at home. I think if they could have held them out with draw, um, they would have been satisfied with that. For me, I'd be looking easily at Sabres there now, I have to be, have to be honest. Just with a goal-scoring record, they've been fandom in this season. Um, well, look, Treaty's defensive record, you know, they do go into games. Uh, they would have made a... I think they would have liked to see this one be made a bit more difficult if they were going to UCD with, you know, a one-all draw, even even a one-nil win to UCD under that belt. They, they, they would have been much happier with this. I, to be honest, I wouldn't agree with that. I, I, I think UCD would be looking at this and the cause go on and the call actually be comfortable for them to get to the final that is music to Treaty United's ears and they will take that Sorry, challenge up. <laughs> they will take that challenge up in the second leg and of course Bray and as I said Galway nil nil. at the moment it's 86 yeah, minutes by the time this podcast is over uh, we will have the, the full results but who do you reckon out of the four you think that UCD have the edge on all of them? Galway have been no. uh, a, a tough team uh, to break down especially after the first 10 or so games. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like coming in, oh, we have a big chance for UCD to between between it. I've seen that there when I was looking at the table. Uh, yeah, coming in, treat United, obviously that would have been the sentimental choice, wouldn't it? Uh, and it's not. It's looking like it's not going to be treated United it's because UCD just been training up. Um, that was actually a good timing for a change, really, wasn't it? It is, yeah. yeah put, put, it puts an end to my. Uh, they'll be up for it in the next game. Uh, <laughs> motivational speech, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's uh, it. Hasn't aged well in forty seconds. There. Uh, but yeah, look, sentimental choice. I'm sure would have been even for me. It was treating United and all. Just, just it would have been a nice story, wouldn't it? Just seeing league boy and football back in Limerick. But they've had a the fantastic year, though, Nathan, yeah, haven't they? they? So no matter what, they've probably exceeded expectations. Yeah, they definitely have. But while they're there, you know, it would have been nice, nice to see them cap off this brilliant year, getting themselves into the Premier Division as a first chance of trying. If I'm looking at the four teams there, I, I find a hard look past Galway. And even at that, I think I'd like to see Galway back in the Premier Division. Mm, me too. Just, you know, the, with, with, with the full-time setup, up uh, John Caulfield, such an experienced manager, uh, he'd want to be there too. The squad that they have together, look, they will have to add to certain places. Of course, they will. Everybody has to. When, when they come up, um, we've seen in the past, even when, when the squad looks ready-made, even Shelby won this season. While it, it, it looks a ready-made squad, I feel like I'm going to have to improve and add and add people and take people out. But yeah, look, you can see Galway back up, um, full-time set-up and expansion league as well. You know, there's a wet, uh, club in the West of Ireland coming back, back into the fray in the top tier. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to see whatever them four sides did like Galway. Because if I'm looking at them four sides, Galway are the side that could realistically make a solid push actually staying in the Premier Division. Where... 
UCD, I do have a soft spot for UCD. A lot of people can be, I think it'd be actually very cruel on UCD. You see in the past that even like the position in the league and the standing in the league, like why are we in the league has been questioned. Like, but looking at the players that UCD have pumped into the League of Ireland over the years, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal, you know, it's some serious, serious talent have come out of their ranks. Um, but yeah, out of them four sides, personally, I'd like to see Galway uh, come up. Yeah, okay, we will find out soon who goes up. The second legs are on Sunday at five o'clock and uh, won't be too long till that final. Okay, another cup final will be the FAI Cup and tickets went on sale yesterday and while Bowes sold, uh, well, have sold 10,000 tickets, it wasn't that simple for St. Pat's, Nathan. <laughs> no, uh, we like to have a bit of structure here on the podcast, but cards on the table I just want to fucking rant yes they would this should not be in distressful <laughs> to get tickets for an, an FAI Cup final ever so look like you said and it's actually great to see already last time I checked there's 16,000 tickets overall that's been sold brilliant that's great you know the, 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 it's just over 24 hours since it went on sale um, but yeah look half of hours we know FAI Cup final 28th November tickets went on sale yesterday Sounds simple, it wasn't. So, I've got to try and keep this nice and structured without going too mental. So, the tickets I meant to go on sale yesterday at 11am, well, all of a sudden, that turned into 3pm because there was a delay with the FBI uh, in terms of providing information to the clubs with their allocations. So, that's all pretty simple as it is, you know, they're looking because, you know, they've got the royal... Bohemian's got the south stand, you know, the big stand behind the goal, and St. Pat's got the north stand, the smallest stand behind the goal. So, you know, they're going to have to designate certain blocks in those stands, in the, you know, kindling sections, family sections, just make sure everybody can find a block that they're comfortable with. Because everybody enjoys football differently, and they enjoy a different atmosphere, and it's brilliant. So, actually, no, I'm even, I'm even actually going ahead of myself already. Coming back even to a couple of days before it takes our men to go and say it, all of a sudden, the FEI put, put tickets on sale a couple of days ago without the knowledge of either club. But those tickets weren't for Pats and Bowles fans. They were for neutrals. But you already had Pats and Bowles fans just buying tickets, <laughs> buying neutral tickets. Just, you know, because you just want to get them and make sure they're in the stadium for this big cup game. So even before the fucking things went on sale, there was just confusion and then clubs had put out statements to say, you know, well, hold off buying neutrals fan tickets because we will we will have our own dedicated allocations. So here we go. Pats when you when you're talking about Pats, um the trouble that the majority of Pats fans, yourself and clear it's not just me, I'm not just coming on here to have a, a, a one man rant like one man couldn't use ticket master. It was across the board. And I mean I do mean across the board and the way you look at forums or Facebook groups so it's just nothing but confusion and nothing nothing that it should be so, so uh, avoidable. But Ticketmaster wouldn't allow you to pick your block. So, for example, I think it was, it was block to say 135, if that was the center section. And that's where you know, if that's where you want to go, we serve, that's where we'd like to go. But every time you went on to pick a ticket, you were just given a, just a random, I think it was 129 or 112. They were down on the corner flag. So it, it, it's not. It's more so even on the fringes of the path allocation. It, it wouldn't even be anywhere in the middle or and, and sort of liveliness. So for a lot of people, it's, it's not what he wanted. Um, and 
it was frustrating to see a lot of confusion. But then, you know, a lot of people just, oh, well, we just pay these tickets and we, we just we can walk to a designated block. But then, obviously, there's a statement coming out saying, well, you can't, well, it is unreserved seating. You have to, whatever ticket you buy, you have to remain in the block. So then, confusion turned into a little bit of a shady practice. And it was, hmm, this is a weird one. It turns out, the more tickets that you purchase, the further in to the allocation you'll go. So if you bought one ticket, you end up in the corner flag. But if you bought three tickets, all of a sudden you get a little bit closer to the middle. But if you bought up to five or six tickets to a smack van in the center section where majority of the ticket buyers wanted to go. Very, very strange in the majority talk. Because a lot of people, like we said, they're buying one or two tickets, they're just getting thrown out of the corners. Uh, Again, though this is there was no option at all to choose a block, even when you went into you know the best available sections, or you know you, you went into a more of a fine search, you were just given what you were given. So turns out then hours later, take them out a chain to set up, and all of a sudden they allowed you to choose your block so you can go into whatever section you want to go into. But this is after hundreds of fans went in and bought tickets, panic bought tickets. Just you know we just wanted to ensure. We're going to be in the Viva Stadium. You can't blame the fans. We'd all do the same thing. We all just want to jump on and get the tickets, make sure they're there on the day, end of story. It's honestly the world party I'm making it as, as stressful as it was for, for a lot of fans, you know, because it's such a What are they day. thinking about, it's, Nathan? Like, what, really, what, really what, that's what, what I'm going to get on. It's, that's the purpose. It, 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 yeah, it, it, it was, of course, look, but the miscommunication with the FEI was, it was a shambles. But for me, the biggest one, was the involvement of Ticketmaster. Mm. These are things that you should let let the clubs handle. Let the clubs handle their respected allocation and their, their respected tickets. You know, whether that be going down to the club office and, you know, walking in, saying, what section want to go to? Here's your paper ticket. Thanks very much. Or going online. Because every club now has an online store. Mm. You can run and buy a ticket online. You know, it was pretty much down to three. Let Pats handle Pats, let Balls handle Balls, let Ticketmaster handle the neutral. Yeah. That's the way it should be. It's the way it has been in the past. It was unorganised, it was stressful, it was confusing, and again, it was just needless and bad luck. It's just another bad luck, and while look, this might sound like no local man lands at you know, stupid ticket mistakes, it's all just, again, just a very amateur look. It's just the lack of communication, overcompensating things. It was, I, I wish I just I didn't waste ten, five or ten minutes of people's lives listening to this going on about that. And if you, so if you weren't happened. mentioning it, Nathan, if you weren't mentioning the fact of how hard it was to get the tickets, it wouldn't be heard of because, you know, people don't pick up on these things. Media don't pick up on these things. These are things the fans have to go through uh, on a constant basis, you know, uh, yeah. the frustrations and it's just let go is one of those things, isn't it? It really is. And I will say there has been past fans that, you know, have uh, vented their frustrations much more eloquent than I have just then and credit to them and keep doing it. Keep fucking doing it because this FBL Cup final, you know, it's different because it, it, it's more, it's, it's clearly like a day out for everyone in the league, isn't it? Mm. Like, every, like, even if you're a neutral, you enjoy, like, even if past that, you know, I look forward to every year, come forward and then yourself. But especially your teams in it, this should be, like, I should have went on today and saw it in air relief when when tickets, when this whole team finally got sorted. That should have been a simple thing of, you know, go down to the, down to you, 
Emmett Road, Intercore, pick up your tickets or go online and buy my tickets. It, it was, yeah, so needlessly, such a, such a debacle for getting them, you know. And, well, don't get me wrong, it, it won't take the enjoyment away on the day. It really, really won't. It was just such an ordeal of getting them. And like I said, it's not an isolated incident. This wasn't me coming on here and, and proving that I'm an absolute idiot and I can't use ticker mask and I can't buy a ticket without fucking up. It, this was across the board. Um, I'd be interested to hear from both fans if they suffer the same issues. Looking online, I haven't seen as much uh, outcry or, or frustration about it. But I can't tell it from a same path point of view. It, it was a real, real problem. And it, it, was, it really shouldn't be a problem in, in 2021. Did you get, your, really ti- did you get yes. your tickets? I got a ticket in the end, thankfully. I'll be there. I'll, I'll, I'll be running them up, similar section, where, where I wanted to be, but... It shouldn't have took me three and a half hours to do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, right, I, th- I think, Nathan, yeah. that you have vented and uh, had your <laughs> oh, piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it shouldn't be that complicated. It's it's not no, it's no. not as if they were talking about selling out the stadium and there was going to be a no. shortage of tickets, so... Yeah, it didn't need to be that complicated. You're right. Okay, we'll move on to the Ireland under-21 squad, which was released today. Nathan, what did you make of the squad? Yeah, yeah, like you were saying, it, this, this squad was a 25-man squad for the UEFA under-21 European uh, Championship qualifiers. Uh, Ireland will be playing Italy on Friday the 12th of November and Sweden on Tuesday the 16th of November. Both of them games will be in Palace Stadium. And both of them games will also be live on RTE. So go to the game, check it out and tell you if you want to. Well, for us, right? Again, in fairness to Jim Crawford, under 21s, there's always a, a nice, healthy uh, League of Ireland representation, isn't it? Yeah. And today was no different. Just to run through the names uh, on a League of Ireland point of view, we have uh, Brian Meyer from Bray Wanderers, uh, David Odomusu from Drotter, uh, Luke McNicholas from Sligo, but he's on loan at Clifferville at the moment. Andy Lyon for Bohemians, Dawson Devoy from Bohemians, Ross Tierney from Bohemians, Liam Kerrigan from UCD, and Colin Whelan from UCD. Nice to see, it really is. Uh, but you know what, Roy? We're still going to be League of Ireland fans. We're still going to complain. Is anybody that you think will miss <laughs> Yeah, we're kind of jumping on me now there because uh, some of the players that you, we talked about maybe at the start of the season have kind of fizzled out a little bit when... I suppose if you're talking about uh, Sligo, um, there's yeah, no, there's I I I think he's gone with a, a decent enough side. I don't think there's there's too much. Do you have anyone? Yes, of course I do. Who? The League of Ireland family. I'm never happy. Okay. Uh, no, not really. It, 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 it was not. It wasn't like egregious. But uh, I think Killian Phillips, midfield of a drop has been brilliant throughout the back end of the season. Uh, lads in 19 he's actually starting to play consistently now for Drotter uh, yeah but look that's that's no it, 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 I wouldn't be screaming or roaring uh, to get the kid in Phillips in I'm happy with the, the lads that did get in well you uh, think about you look at the really players that the are there for midfield you've got Connor Coventry a really good player yeah. Gavin Kilkenny these are first team players for their respective clubs then you've got Dawson Devoy and Ross Tierney in there who are representing, but you've got Will Smallbone as well who was uh, getting his game in there at Southampton. It's a hard one to get into. No, it certainly is, yeah. And look, um, like that, Killian 19 still a couple of years ago and some of these lads, uh, 
uh, advanced out of the under uh, twenty one system. I'm sure we'll see Killian in there if if, if he stays around the league board and stays consistent and keeps up the quality. Because yeah, for me, he's been absolutely excellent, especially in the latter half of the season when he's actually got a run of games on himself. Have you seen Connor Noss play for Bruce Munchen Gladback? I nothing. I've seen nothing, and I'm disappointed in no. myself for not seeing him. But I'd like to actually get to see him and see what he's about. I, ha- I have to be honest, I, I haven't. I, I, I can't lie to you. I, I really, really haven't because he, along with, it seems to be along with himself and Gavin Kilkenny, which I've seen Kilkenny play uh, a number of times uh, at Bournemouth. No, I haven't seen Connor playing, but he, he seems to be one of the names that always pops up, doesn't he? Mm. He seems to be one that's always impressing and there's uh, people that would be more into the avoidance system than I would. He always seems to tout this lad as, as a real prospect on us somebody that could get into the Irish midfield uh, sooner rather than later. Yep, no, I'm looking forward to that game. Um, two games, actually. Uh, Republic of Ireland yeah. versus Italy on Friday, the November the 12th at Tallah Stadium, a half five again on RTE. Or get yourself down and watch a game live. Don't just... Yeah. Uh, I seen it thinged up the other day. Don't have your kids grow up thinking that football is an entertainment show that's on television. Get down to the stadium. So... Uh, again, Sweden then are on the Tuesday, November the 16th. That's a seven o'clock kickoff. That might suit people better. Again, live on RT if the, if you have to watch it on there. But, you know, go and back them and, and go and see what the talent is like there. Okay, Nathan, fans question. Yeah, we did get a fan question and we were 20 minutes into the show and I said, oh, I never sent the fan question to Roy. No, you didn't. No, so this is, a, this is know, really I, I, in the dark. I, I, I do this every two weeks. I like to keep it in the house. <laughs> I do. Um, and you actually never guess what the final question is somebody giving out about a cup final brilliant right. we're going to stick with the teams of the show this <laughs> one uh, was sent in by Saoirse Matten and we do appreciate Saoirse sorry Saoirse uh, Saoirse has let us know that she's an active follower of the, the Women's National League um, and says that everybody can do their part in the league more definitely agree uh, but she went on to say that the, the FEI Women's Cup final between Wexford Youth and Shelbourne is being played on Sunday the 24th of November uh, in Palace Stadium. And unlike previous years, it's not going to be affiliated with the men's FEI Cup final. So what do you think about this? And do you think that the men's FEI Cup final and the women's FEI Cup final should be played on the same day? Oh, this is a tough one. Um I, I struggle with this one. I, I yeah, liked the fact that last year that we seen, well, the last FAI Cup final, uh, who was a P-Mount versus, was it Cork? Who who was in the final the last time? It was Cork, wasn't it? I thought it was not the uh, ALO Waves, no? One of us was wrong, I think. Yeah, one was wrong. It's probably more than likely me, because it was probably the year before that I seen the, the Cup final. Um, but when they were on before the cup final, it I I like that. But then again, maybe it's good to have their own day. You know, uh, maybe maybe they should be in the stadium anyhow. Maybe they should, but maybe the atmosphere wouldn't be as good because maybe they wouldn't get the crowd. Um, I think that should be up to the women's game. I think if they if they, if they feel that they would like to be there on the day of the FAI Cup final. And the FAI Cup final is kick off at say five o'clock, and they were kicking off at one o'clock. I yeah, I, I don't see the problem. They're not selling out the stadium anyhow. I'm I'm kind of now thinking and talking at the same time here, but they 
they're not filling out the stadium. I mean, it's 50-odd thousand. The record is 35,000. So it, there wouldn't be a problem with getting people in. You actually get more bums and seats. So, yeah, me thinking about it as I'm talking... I actually think, yeah, they should be. They should be on both days. Uh, there's no reason why. You see it in Gaelic football where they have the minors and then the and the, then the, the the senior game. I, I can't understand why it's... I was trying to think of all the difficulties there, but I don't actually see the difficulty in it. So, yes, I'm, I'm in agreement with Saoirse. Uh, is it nice to have it on, on its own? So a, a big day out that it's on... It probably wouldn't get the attention then, would it? And they're trying to build it, the women's game. It probably wouldn't get the attention yeah. that I have. It probably wouldn't get the, the coverage, maybe. Um, so, yeah, it's it's probably a good thing that it's on at the same time uh, in the Aviva Stadium. And the fact that it's not this year, yeah, maybe it's taken away from it a bit. I'm building a bus to you. The 2020 FEI uh, Cup Women's Finals of all Cork City against Tina. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. right. I am you know so proud yeah, of myself. You know <laughs> God, now, was it 3-0? <laughs> Double F. Six? Yeah, six. Uh, Pima. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I knew it was Pima to one it, but I couldn't, I couldn't I think it, what yeah, score yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, no, no, no hate for me. I thought they'd be all waves, and now they've got a completely different team. There you go. Now, <laughs> Nathan, I've taken over from uh, as expert League of Ireland man <laughs> for five seconds. That, that's all. Um, but yeah, so what? What do you think? Like again, I was talking on my feet there and thinking on my feet, uh, but. Yeah, it kind of makes sense to me that it would be on at the same time. If if it was a case that, sorry, Bowes and St. Pat's were going to sell out that stadium, then I'd be thinking, yeah, no, that stadium gets sold out all the time. Uh, you need to have the fans, you know, room to be able to get tickets and go and see their team play. But that's not going to be the case. As you said, it's uh, the last podcast that we had. 35,000 is the, is the record. So, yeah. They're probably not going to beat that, and if they do, it'll only be just barely. So you're going to be talking about another ten, twelve thousand seats that are available. So yeah, I can't, I can't see why not. Yeah, I, I like the Aviva Stadium as a, as a day out more so. You know, it, it, a bit like Wembley over in England, off. isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the cap off of, of a successful season. But while you were talking on your feet there, mate, I just pulled up and take a matter. Uh, my good friends are taking after. Please sponsor me. I love you. <laughs> uh, just for tickets. And in fairness, Palace Stadium, there's only two uh, two sections left with, with tickets available. So tickets say I think we're doing well. Uh, and take them after anyway, whether it's, whether it's different through the respective clubs. Uh, but just, yeah, pull up quickly there. Tickets are doing quite well take them after. But yeah, look, even away from all the logistics, logistics of it, I do enjoy the Aviva Stadium. Like I said, Wembley as a day out. Uh, at the end of the season, I've no issue why. I remember even most times when I go to an FA Cup final beyond the beyond the ticket, you know, it could be uh, Bowles versus Pats and also uh, Wexford versus Shelbourne. So we give you the option to go in and two for the price of one really and go in and watch uh, watch a good standard of football. So yes, I do. I, I like the Aviva Stadium when you do it together. More so for the day out and anything else. If they do not on their own, could ticket sales be better? Maybe they could. Could they get, in a, uh, get the game on television? I think that we, we could be a bit hopeful there, but it could be something that we've done down, down the line. But for them, I think they'd be the same. Just, just a nice, isn't it? Just a nice way to finish things off. It would, off and the difference between 35,000 35, and a full house, Nate, and that would, that would have the place rocking, wouldn't it? And you know that the 
there'd be a lot of those that would stay on and watch the the men's game. So uh, I suppose if you got a special price as well, that it, it would make it so appealing. So. Yeah, I, I can't see why they wouldn't want to, to sell it out, you know. So, yeah, uh, listen, it's great. They'll have the, the final. It's in Tala. It looks like, as you said, that they'll probably get close to a, a full house there. But, yeah, I think the atmosphere in the Aviva and the occasion and the day and all that's with it, I think it would be, yeah, I think it'd be amazing. And that's, yeah, let's let's see if that's changed next year or, or, or not. Um, I hope it is. Okay, Nathan, we're going to finish off. Just, I suppose we should sign off and give Shamrock Rovers a, a quick congratulations. It's the second league title in a row. Are they, where do they stand, I suppose, is the question when it comes to other teams like Dundalk and Cork and who have uh, won multiple titles. Where does this team stand? Yeah, look, you can't take any credit away. Again, you're seeing, you know, oh, this is the second consecutive title. You're seeing people, oh, it's only 1.5 because of the short season last year. Fucking didn't. We won the league last year, we won it this year. It's been a successful start. You have to give credit to Stephen Bradley, just uh, to what he's done at Shamrock Rovers. If I was to say, just because just it's recent, if I compared to the Dundalk side, um, under Stephen Kenny, that's in dark sides uh, for most of them. I know they had battles, with, especially with Cork City, it was always a good rivalry, but realistically, you felt like they were a long stretch away from everybody else. I don't even see that with Shamrock Rovers team uh, in, in their current style, you know, if we talk about next season, you know, when it's, it's very early days and a lot will happen between now and the start of the season, and the players coming in, players leaving, managers, off the field issues, so very early predictions, but you know, they're looking at a lot of talk about Derry City they're going to be for it next year Bohemians can get keep a hold of a lot of the key players uh, and, and add to the players that do go but how will they do next year to still they open the year they definitely overachieve this season so I think they're looking for next year they're, they're viable contenders where for me if you look at the dark side again just a quick early example you, you felt almost like oh, it's going to be which is, this could be three, four, five years of consecutive titles where it's, well, if the Shamrock Rovers team could go on and do that, they're definitely viable contenders. And for me, they're not a million miles away. Uh, but that's not to take anything away, you know, with credit to them, even though it always hosts to say, I need to see as a past fan. Um, the best team wins every year, you know, and even especially last season with the shortened year, I never got along with that story. Of, oh, it's only 18 games, it's only half a title. It wasn't still... We knew that going in. We all knew that going in. We done what you had to do. Uh, did we held out won the titles? Uh, but this year they've been brilliant. We really have. Um, any time I've, I've got to see them play when I wasn't in Richmond Park, I've enjoyed watching them. Good standard football. The strength and depth uh, in the squad is brilliant. I know Stephen has said in the past they've, they've struggled with injuries this season, but it does help when you have the strength and depth that they have uh, in each position. But yeah, look. All credit to them, really. Yeah, like I said, as much as I hope to say, you, you, you can't, you know, you, like, you, you cannot knock anybody that wins back to back titles. Because winning the title is easy, but then uh, holding on to it is extremely difficult. And that's what they managed to do. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see who they bring in because I suppose in the last couple of years they've got players from maybe the better players from the other sides in the league. How can they? How can they make their team better? How can they bolster it? We've talked about centre forwards, but there's not many centre forwards around. We thought, you know, uh, 
I think there's probably a couple of places that they could strengthen. It's just how they do it. And we've seen what way Dundalk yeah. went this year and, and that didn't work for them. So um, how much stronger can they get? Yeah, that's a big question. So it'd be interesting over the, the winter break to see how that goes on. OK, Nathan, we're going to leave it there. Uh, thanks very much. And uh, thanks very much for you for listening. It's uh, it's really important that, uh, you know, we put a bit of a show on for you and uh have a little chat and, and we want you to chat with us as well. So any comments, any fans, questions, anything at all, you know, send them on to us. Anything that you want us to discuss or even if you wanted to come on to the show yourself, if you wanted to have a word about anything that's, uh, you know, maybe even, you know, we're talking about Athlone fans and Longford fans and, you know, give us an insight into what League of Ireland is for you. And uh, I think that would be interesting to, to talk about. OK, talk to you soon.